Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Scott Anderson with Winnipeg Livestock Sales. Also, the Executive Director of Grain Growers of Canada will stop by to talk about the group's election priorities. Up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from CAP Vice President Jake Eyre as he prepares for Star's Rescue on the Island. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Keystone Agricultural Producers Vice President Jake Eyre will be participating in this year's Star's Rescue on the Island. Reporter Barry Lamb got the details. September 9th, I will be dropped off at a remote island with three other uh, individuals. We'll be uh, doing some challenges and tasks uh, with the STARS uh, flight crew. And all in all, we're, we're tasked with fundraising $50,000 each. How are you going to go about raising that money, and how is it going? Yeah, so so far I've raised about $1,150. Uh, I have a donation page that's uh, live on the STARS website. I've approached uh, some local businesses uh, so far, and then even uh, the other day, Barry, I had uh, a local... Uh, a local person from Boysman come up to me and, and say that they had a check for me and and story uh, unfolded that, uh, you know, this person had uh, taken a flight on the Stars Air Ambulance a couple of years ago and, and their line was, you know what, Jake, I said, the Stars Air Ambulance saved my life, so I'm going to keep donating. He said, it's a good thing that you're doing and a lot of people have uh, had their lives saved or, or family have had some, some uh, time extended as a result. How important is the star service to, to rural Manitoba, in your opinion? I'd say it's an extremely important service, Barry. Uh, you know, with the distance that we are from, from Winnipeg and some of those specialist doctors, uh, those times, you know, transport times can be cut down significantly by stars. Uh, I've heard lots of stories of the air ambulance landing in the area, whether it's, uh, you know, a highway accident or such as in the farm, farm community where we can be pretty isolated at times, you know, depending on where we're working topography of the field or valleys, uh, lack of cell service. Stars has come out and landed there. Uh, everyone, just about everyone I know from rural Manitoba has a story with Stars, and they all understand that it's something that gives us the peace of mind because it's there if you need it. And how much are you looking forward to the actual day uh, on the island and uh, going through those exercises? I think it's going to be very fun. Uh, there's a video that I've seen from last year's participants, and they're all smiling and happy faces, and it uh, looks like they had a great time. So I'm excited to uh, get out there, raise some money, and, and I think have a good time, too, while I'm doing it. If people want to support what you're doing, how can they make a donation? Yeah, so you can uh, just search Stars Rescue on the Island, and uh, you come up with the participants, and you can find me on my donation page, or you can contact me directly uh via my phone or email. That was Keystone Agricultural Producers Vice President Jake Eyre, who also farms at Minto. Jake will be taking part in this year's Stars Rescue on the Island fundraiser. He was chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says harvest completion across all regions of the province has reached 21% ahead of the four-year average of 14% for the third week of August. Crops rated good constitute 44% of the total acreage. That's down 1% from last week. Cooler conditions help some crops recover slightly at the beginning of the week, but soil moisture from last week's rain was immediately used up during the extreme heat over the weekend and into Monday. 
Cereal harvest is rapidly progressing, nearly 40% for spring wheat, with barley and oats slightly ahead. Canola crops are facing some of the poorest growing conditions in the past decade or more. Farmers are expecting average yields to drop to 10-year lows due to continued environmental and insect stresses. Farmers continue to make green feed and determine end use for damage and drought-affected grain crops. The president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association was south of the border last week for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association Convention. Bob Lowe says it was good to actually be able to talk to their U.S. counterparts in person. He says there was a lot of good news coming out of the event, adding it was absolutely positive for the cattle industry. I don't believe I've ever heard cattle facts, like cattle facts is forecast, as positive as, as it was this time, simply because the world's running out of cattle and the demand is continually increasing. I mean, it looks... We have this drought to get through, but boy, if you can hang on to your cows, keep them because it's going. You're going to be well paid. He says the key message out of the global agri trends presentation focused around the fact they expect the demand for beef to increase three times faster than the supply. And harvest is getting underway for volunteers with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. The Chum Group near Altona took off a field of wheat on Monday. Coordinator Isaac Frey says they got about 77 bushels per acre, which was much above their expectations. Food Grains Bank Regional Rep Gordon Jensen talked about a couple of other harvests that took place last week. On Friday, there was a a small harvest around St. Pierre that uh, they were harvesting oats and that came in it was way it was below average for sure but uh, and even uh, close to the crop insurance level but still it was more than uh, a little bit more than expected and also in in around Morden uh, west of Morden the share group got together also on Friday and uh, had a good group coming out and and they also had uh, had their wheat harvest coming in below average but a little bit more than they had expected Jansen says it was great for all of the volunteers to have lunch and spend some time together. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, August 18th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, the Executive Director with Grain Growers of Canada will stop by to talk about the group's priorities heading into the September 20th federal election. Grain Growers of Canada has released a video and document outlining their election priorities heading into the September 20th federal election. Joining us now is Executive Director Aaron Gowerlich to talk about the priorities, starting with risk management. I think that this year provides an excellent example of the shortcomings of one of the more important um, programs, and that is agri-stability. Agri-stability has fallen woefully short of the level of support required for farmers, especially those who have been impacted by the drought across the prairies. And so we've been calling on the federal government to increase the overall funding envelope for agri-stability and make changes to the program that make sense for grain farmers. We need to see a return to the 2013 levels, for example, and we need to see a return to the 85% trigger point within agri-stability. But that work is underway in anticipation of the 2023 uh, agriculture policy framework. So we are working with the current government towards making changes for the next policy framework, and we're going to be laser-focused on what we can do to improve agri-stability, for example. 
Another priority here was uh, dealing with research and um, development. Um, talk about that one. Certainly. We have fallen behind, and overall agriculture research has declined over the years. So we're calling on the governments to invest in ag research at a level matching about 2% of farm cash receipts. That would be up from about 1.3% of farm cash receipts, which is where we sit now. And this conversation has become really important right now, especially in light of the drought. I think that's the best way for us to make this connection to urban politicians and to consumers, Canadians across the country. For example, investments in drought-tolerant varieties are going to make or going to ensure that farmers are better positioned to overcome, to mitigate some of the impacts that they're going to increasingly see now as a result of climate change. So this is not the time to be cutting back on our investments in ag research. In fact, it's time to double down and ensure that Canadian farmers who are on the front lines of climate change have all of the tools they need to get a crop in the ground to ensure that it can withstand the impacts of climate change. That's the only way we're going to ensure food security in this country and keep food prices down. The third uh, priority here was dealing with uh, regulatory uh, relief, um, modernizing regulations to make Canada a top five country for a global regulatory um, competitiveness. So give us some background on that one. Yeah, Canada's regulatory system over the years has really led to stagnation, both in research and development, and it's been delaying um, new products and commodities from reaching the hands of Canadian farmers, often well behind some of our main competitors. And I, I want to point to a specific recommendation that I saw earlier this week in the Conservative Party platform that has me a little excited, and that is the idea, um, the suggestion that we could form industry councils to look more closely at the regulatory burden on different sectors within Canada. I like this model because it's been tried in other jurisdictions before and we've seen some pretty successful results in countries like Denmark, for example, that take a similar approach to engaging directly with industry to determine what their regulatory priorities are and then feeding that up to government. And the reason that's important is because when you look at regulatory reform and a process that's currently underway with the government right now, it it feels sometimes like you're trying to boil the ocean because it is so complex. But if we can take our cues from industry and from the ag sector in particular, if we have some say in where we see particular regulatory burdens and we have a government who is willing to listen to us, then I think that's probably the strategic approach that is required to ensure that we make changes to the right regulations in in a timely manner. Looking at the um, the Canada Grain Act and the uh, Canada uh, Canadian Grain Commission, um, you'd like to see some modernization there. Yeah, because we've we, we've had several attempts. I think at this in two thousand and seven, two thousand and nine, and then more recently in twenty thirteen, we've we've just got to get this across the finish line. We got some good momentum going on this with the consultation that ended April thirtieth. I should mention too that the government has issued just last week the what we heard reports in both official languages are on their website now. If you want to take a look at what they heard from from stakeholders across the country during that consultation period. What we need now, regardless of which party forms government, is a commitment to ensure that when you get back to work, this is at the top of your to-do list. Let's get this across the finish line. And what does that mean? That means meaningful legislative change that reflects the recommendations that were brought forward by stakeholders through this last consultation process. We got a commitment from Minister Bibo to continue with that work, 
Um, and we have a commitment also outlined in the Conservative Party platform to continue with that work. So I'm feeling optimistic that this is something that's going to be reflected in, in the um, Agriculture Minister's mandate letter following the election, hopefully close to the top of their list. And uh, when looking at trade, what are some of the uh, priorities there? Well, with respect to trade, there are a couple of things that we need to do. One is we need to look at some of the trade barriers that Canadian farmers face. Look, agriculture is a highly sensitive sector. We look, for example, at what happened with China and the ramifications there. When politics are involved, uh, agriculture is one of the first targets, and we pay dearly for that. And so we need to look at the market access issues that we're having in key jurisdictions around the world with whom we don't necessarily have a free trade agreement. What are we going to do about India and China? So a new approach is going to be required there because, quite frankly, over the last few years, as long as these challenges have existed, we have not been successful in remedying those challenges. Diversification is also going to be really important. We need to look at new markets because we can't be as dependent, perhaps, as we are on some of the larger markets like China and India. So we have to look at market diversification as well. And so increased accountability and direct contact with industry. We want to see government working more closely with industry to address some of the market access challenges that we're having in these, in these key markets around the world because Canadian grain farmers, depending on what you grow, 50 to 90% of, of your crop is destined for international, international markets. It's where Canadian farmers derive their livelihood. So we've, we've got to get this. We've got to get this right. And the, uh, the document also uh, touches on, I guess, on that note, um, uh, defending Canada's exporters. Yeah, absolutely. And so being there in those key markets, you know, we made a specific recommendation. We talked about the idea of taking a SWAT team approach where you would have government paired with industry officials, uh, technical experts, all working together to leverage existing government and industry relations uh, relationships to achieve measurable results. So it's about taking that more holistic SWAT team approach in some of those key markets, working more closely with government and, and industry. And uh, finally here, let's uh, wrap things up, uh, talk a little bit about climate change and um, I guess some of the things you'd, you'd like to see um, during this election year. Sure. What we've communicated to all of the parties in the lead-up to the election is it's important to make farmers an integral part of Canada's emission reduction and environmental stewardship approach by implementing a five-point plan. And so what we've outlined here is make on-farm carbon sequestration a major plank in Canada's climate change mitigation and adaptation strategy. Recognize that ongoing farmer contributions to carbon sequestration require ongoing payment for this public service or ecological good. Create a range of flexible and rewarding offset protocols which are going to incentivize farm practices uh, to reduce emissions and other environmental goals. Invest in innovation that reduces emissions while enhancing productivity and economic return for the grower. And then finally, invest in land conservation through direct compensation for activities such as the removal of marginal land from production of protecting wetlands. That was Aaron Garlick, Executive Director with Grain Growers of Canada, talking about their election priorities heading into the September 20th federal election. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.
Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Beef Producers is hosting a webinar on mental well-being in times of crisis, August 24th, starting at 7 p.m. It'll be done on Zoom. You can register on the Manitoba Beef Producers website. And the Canadian Beef Industry Conference has been rescheduled and moved to an online format this year, August 31st to September 2nd. Go to CanadianBeefIndustryConference.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, we're joined now by Scott Anderson, manager of Winnipeg Livestock Sales. We are certainly handling a lot more cattle, you know, than we would typically see at this time of the year. Of course, the drought and, you know, shortage of feed. And shortage of water at this point is, you know, are all the you know, the biggest contributing factors. Um, guys are, you know, just whittling down, trying to get their numbers, you know, manageable. Um, certainly, you know, most producers are not wanting to carry any, you know, open cows. So they're, they're calling a little harder than usual. Um, some guys with yearling cattle out on grass are, are certainly pulling them forward and selling them, you know, two to four weeks earlier than they typically would. And we're also seeing, you know, a number of lighter calves that, uh, you know, maybe with grass running out and shortage of feed, guys are, you know, just wanting to get rid of them kind of thing to uh, hopefully not pull the cows down too much before they go into the winter. The number of animals you're seeing, how would it compare to a a normal year? Well, it it would be multiple times, uh, you know, more cattle we're seeing right now than typical. You know, typically, you know, through July and early August, you know, we'd have a couple hundred cattle where now we're seeing, you know, 14 to 1600 cattle, you know, numbers that are probably typical of October rather than July and August. What about um, prices? How is that uh, being impacted? Well, the, the cows are actually holding together. They were kind of on a bit of a, a decline, but it seems like they've kind of found their spots, you know, in that, you know, 80 cent range, I guess, which, you know, is better than it was, you know, for most of the spring and, 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 the, and the winter as well. Yearling cattle are selling strong, um, good 800 pound steers in that dollar ninety and up range, uh, and the lighter calves are also selling well, very comparable to what we've seen, you know, for the last year and a half to two years anyway. And with you know with the higher numbers that you're seeing now, I guess you expect things will will slow down then. I guess later in the fall or. Yeah, I think we're going to see like what we're seeing now. Like I said, is typical of what we would normally see in October. So. You know, unfortunately, there's lots of cattle coming to town now. Uh, I'm sure these are cattle that we would have seen later. So, you know, we're not going to have that big rush, I don't think, you know, throughout October, November that we would normally see. I think enough of these cattle are getting pulled forward that, uh, you know, there will be a gap at some point in the season, you know, where we probably will get, you know, down to some smaller numbers at the sales. How long have you been in the the livestock sale uh, business? Oh, well, in the cattle business, I guess probably 30 plus years at the auction mark, 25 or so. Overall, how would this drill compare to what you've seen in the past? Oh, I know for our numbers at Winnipeg Livestock Sales, this is the highest by far that we've ever seen in July or August. And uh, just as far as, uh, you know, the lack of rain, is this, we've heard people talk about like the 80s and, and other years. Is this one of the worst that you've seen or... Yeah, it would be the worst that I've seen. I mean, uh, you know, we, we've seen it in the past where, you know, maybe some of the dugouts start to dry up, you know, in September and October if it was dry, but never this early. And I think that's, you know, probably due in part to, you know, a very small snowfall last year as well. Uh, there certainly wasn't a lot of snow, so we maybe started the season being drier than than what we would normally have as well.
That was Scott Anderson, manager of Winnipeg Livestock Sales. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Farmers are taking some time out of their busy schedules to assist the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Regional Rep Gordon Jansen attended the Chum Harvest near Altona on Monday. Well, these uh, harvest gatherings are special days for, and they're fun for me, but they represent the communities working together over the growing season. So it's, uh, we, we are very appreciative of, uh, appreciative of the groups that work together throughout the year to, uh, to remember those who are, are hungry around the world and to, to try to, uh, to work with us and in making a difference for them. Harvest events also took place last week near St. Pierre and Morden. And the U.S.-based National Cattlemen's Beef Association held their annual convention last week. Bob Lowe, president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, was in attendance. He says there was some positive news around the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture and concerns over a return to country of origin labeling. He has said and he maintains that he will not bring forward any kind of a country of origin labeling thing that is not trade compliant. And part of that, I'd like to think, is because we've still got that billion-dollar tariff threat hanging over their heads that we can initiate any time for a reason, and that would be a huge reason for that to be initiated. So basically, as long as Vilsack is the Secretary of Agriculture, mandatory country of origin labeling is a, is a dead horse. He notes, we'll always hear of certain states and organizations promoting country of origin labeling, but based on what they heard at the convention, that will not happen. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll talk more about the federal election with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.